Stuart brushed around and he tried to pick me up. Face, I had the facial droop. Arm, I was paralyzed down the right side. Speech, I couldn't speak and time. And I remember Stuart calling triple zero and saying, I think my wife is having a stroke and he was my fast hero. The ambulance officers arrived about 10 minutes later and they couldn't get me out because I was between the bed and the window. So they strapped me into a hover mat and dragged me down the hallway of our house. I remember arriving at Box Hill Hospital and they rushed me into CT and I was diagnosed with a left middle cerebral artery stroke and it was my father's 70th birthday that day. So Stuart called my parents at 7.20. They live in southern New South Wales. And then what was thought to be a call to my father to say happy birthday was the devastating news that their only daughter had a, had a stroke. Hello, I'm Mark Goodyear. Welcome to Stroke Stories, the podcast that seeks out and hears from stroke survivors. In Australia, about 40% of stroke survivors experience aphasia after a stroke. And after three months, almost three quarters of them experience some language recovery. In this episode, we hear from Shannon Nelson from Melbourne, who suffered a stroke at the age of 45. I worked at a major public hospital in Melbourne. I'm a non-clinical nurse now, and I was before the stroke. I worked allocations and that. And then I was fairly active. I was walking every day. I had lost weight, and it sort of came out of the blue I was fairly outgoing. I saw friends and that, and my husband and I enjoyed movies and that sort of thing. I remember sort of everything about my stroke. I went to bed on the Sunday night. It was Mother's Day 2018, and Stuart heard me get up to the toilet at 3 a.m., and I don't remember this at all. And then I woke up and I was thrashing around in bed and then I fell out of bed. Stuart brushed around and he tried to pick me up. Face, I had the facial droop. Arm, I was paralysed down the right side. Speech, I couldn't speak. And time, and I remember... Stuart calling triple zero and saying, I think my wife is having a stroke and he was my fast hero. So the ambulance officers arrived about 10 minutes later 
and they couldn't get me out because I was between the bed and the window. So they strapped me into a hover mat and dragged me down the hallway of our house. I remember seeing my daughter holding the dog in the doorway of her room and I began to cry and I thought to myself, I may not get through this. I might die. So I arrived at Box Hill Hospital about 6 a.m. And I remember arriving at Box Hill Hospital and they rushed me into CT and I was diagnosed with a left middle cerebral artery stroke and it was a clot. So I had the clot-busting medication at 6.20 and then I was transferred to Royal Melbourne Hospital for clot retrieval and the clot was retrieved at 7.35 a.m. in the mornings. It was my father's 70th birthday that day. So Stuart called my parents at 7.20, they live in southern New South Wales, and then what was thought to be a call to my father to say happy birthday was the devastating news that their only daughter had a, had a stroke. So they arrived at about lunchtime, they four hours away and then Stuart brought the children in that afternoon and I couldn't talk and I couldn't walk so we cried a lot that day. I couldn't communicate with them that it was going to be all right. Shannon made a good physical recovery. I was walking the next day and I was raising my arm by day three, but I have had no usable function in my right hand. So, of course, I'm right-handed. So I was transferred back to hospital on the Wednesday and where I was in the acute stroke ward for eight days. The handy thing they gave me on the first day was a whiteboard so I could finally communicate. And then I always practice with my left hand, so I don't know what that says about me, but I always practice writing with my left hand, so I was pretty good. The first week or two, I was pretty foggy in my brain and they did a battery of blood tests to find out what caused my stroke and they didn't find anything abnormal so I didn't even have high cholesterol. They did an echocardiogram with a bubble study. This found the hole in my heart so a PFO. One week after my stroke I finally spoke the first word I said was one the speech therapist said one and I repeated it 
I knew what to say, but I couldn't get the words out. So I did slip out the F word in frustration the day before at my husband, but that's another story. So I was transferred to Peter James eight days later. I had speech therapy twice a day from Monday to Friday and OT once a day on my hand. I exercised my hand three times a day with the TENS machine and they gave me exercises to, to do. I had a praxica, which meant repeating words endlessly and then functional sentences. My favourite was put your crap away. I also did functional phrases like good morning and thank you and how are you. This is when I discovered I had aphasia. So I'm a nurse and I thought aphasia was the absence of speech. I still have difficulty with word finding and spelling, but the biggest thing is the word finding. It was more prominent at the start, but it only rears its ugly head when I'm stressed or fatigued and excited as well. So, yeah. She then spent a further 15 days in inpatient rehab. I got to go home on the weekends for day leave and I chose to stay a week longer because I needed the intensive speech therapy. I started ESD on the 12th of June. It's an early supported discharge program. It's an intensive four-week program for stroke patients. I had one hour speech therapy and one hour OT daily from Monday to Friday. This was centre-based and home-based. I also worked on my speech therapy throughout the day. I also worked on my speech therapy and OT throughout the day as well. I went to the Box Hill Stroke Clinic about seven weeks later and the doctors were surprised when I walked in because he had just been viewing my scans. He described mine as a massive stroke and I viewed my scans and my left brain was completely cut off from oxygen and it was dying. So the doctor said I was the poster girl for when things turn out right. So the FASC acronym definitely worked for me. After four weeks, I was transferred to community rehab but my ultimate rehab goal was to return to work and I did this on the 8th of October following the surgery to fix my PFO. I had a graded re-entry to work starting off for five hours a day, three days a week and after 10 months 
I was back at work full time. So my colleagues were extremely supportive of me going back and my friends were great during my stroke. Um, They dropped off meals and supported my family. My parents were supportive. I have three brothers, two that live in Melbourne and they were extremely supportive. My mum said um, recently that she didn't have to cook a meal for three weeks because my friends and family kept dropping meals off. Although Shannon suffered a major stroke, her physical recovery came quickly and she was able to adapt to life after stroke easily thanks to the help of her family and friends. Still to come on Stroke Stories, Shannon on turning to exercise. I've always been a walker, but I decided to run the 10Ks. So I downloaded the Couch 10K app and I actually ran 9.5 hour to 10 kilometres. And what she thinks family members and loved ones can do for a stroke survivor. My husband, initially, he used to finish my sentences for me. So just give that person time to answer and just be supportive. Let's hear about the support groups Shannon takes part in. I've joined the Genius Network online and then the Stroke Foundation I join Enable Me. So the Stroke Foundation rang me about six weeks later after my stroke and said, how are you going? And I said, oh, pretty good. And then, um, to be honest, Facebook was my saving grace and enabled me. In 2018, five months after my stroke, I walked the 5K with my family in the Melbourne Marathon and we raised over $1,500 for the Stroke Foundation. And then um, last year, we decided to raise money for the Stroke Foundation in the Melbourne Marathon and we decided to do the 10Ks. So two months before, I've always been a walker, but I decided to run the 10Ks. So I downloaded the Couch 10K app and I actually ran 9.5 hour to 10 kilometres. And then due to COVID, I was planning to do the Peer to Pinnacle in Tasmania this year, but I can't because the borders are closed to Victoria. So we can't travel anywhere because we're in stage four lockdown. So I was planning to do that in November, but I'll do it next year. I was a fairly positive person before my stroke and I decided out after day three that I want to live. So 
I got it lots of support. I um, applied for NDIS at the end of 2018 and I was denied because my impairments were not likely to be permanent. So I reapplied and I have got funding now and I do speech therapy once a fortnight and OT once a fortnight and I see a neuropsych once a fortnight. I think that puts me in good stead. So I'm glad I've got the funding to do neuropsych because I think mental health, especially in these times, it's really challenging. Shannon believes that perseverance is the key. Don't give up and it gets better in time. And for a loved one, just be supportive and let them do it themselves. My husband, initially he used to finish my sentences for me. So just give the person time to answer and just be supportive. Shannon is determined to keep fit and active and continues to work hard with her speech and occupational therapists. Coming up in the next episode of Stroke Stories. My stroke was pretty quick. I have no warning signs and luckily was at home. All of a sudden, almost Friday morning, going to work, I had a shocking headache and I was in an altered conscious state pretty quickly. Luckily, my wife was here and called the ambulance. And after that, I passed out roughly 30 minutes after that. Please do subscribe to Stroke Stories and rate and comment on the episodes to help us spread the word. And if you are, or you know of a stroke survivor, and there's a story you can share, please contact us via Twitter or Instagram. Our DMs are always open. The Stroke Stories podcast was produced by Aidan Judd. I'm Mark Goodyear. Thank you for listening. <laughs>